Hello, we are officially live. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Pageants and Prosecco live YouTube podcast recording. We have a special guest in the building today, and I'm so excited to get this interview started. But of course, customary to the name, we have our wine. And this is the wine I'm going to be drinking on today. This is actually my first time drinking um, one of these uh, wine, which is a Beaujolais, a Beaujolais Villages by Louis Jadot. So it's a wine from France. And I believe it's considered, a Beaujolais is the name of the wine, but it's a Gamay, G-A-M-A-Y is the name of the grape. So fun fact, there's more grapes out there than you might know. There's probably like 2000 different types of grape varieties. So this is 100% Gamay, the Gamay grape, and it's made in um, Beaujolais, France. So this is the wine that I'm going to be sipping on today with our special guest that we have in the building. So I'm gonna go ahead and open it while I introduce you guys to our special guest. We have a director and the reason why I um, wanted to bring Patrice on because I just met her on Monday in Clubhouse, um, believe it or not. So I think this is gonna be a really interesting conversation and I cannot wait to learn more about her and more about her system. So while we get started, let me go ahead and try to open this bottle. I probably should have ripped the seal off first but let me tell you a little bit more about uh miss patrice harris so patrice harrison harrison sorry is an award-winning international speaker ceo founder of the miss black international ambassador and the executive director of ambassadors of change incorporated she is dedicated to encouraging empowering and enlightening communities states and nations she has been honored by audi Hyundai, Cafe Mocha Radio, the Obama Administration's United States of Women, and more. You guys, hold on one second, because obviously I need to see what I'm doing here. Give me one quick second to get this seal off. It's always hard to take the seal off of wines, um, European wines, because it's more authentic, and the corks are typically more... Um, Real cork, like real tree. Okay. There we go. So Miss Harris, Mrs. Harrison is an advocate for youth and women all over the world. She has offered workshops to children in Africa, the Bahamas, and all over the United States on topics ranging from self-esteem, etiquette, the power of a dream, developing your brand, and relationship building. Oh, this is a real tight cork. There we go. On a collegiate level, she has presented workshops at the Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government, the Southwestern Black Leadership Conference, the University of Central Oklahoma, the University of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State University, and the University of Texas Arlington on various subjects ranging from Greek life to relationships. As I pull the cork out. Let's hope I didn't break it. Got it. Ooh, it smells divine. As a former Miss Black Oklahoma USA, Miss Black Oklahoma United States, 
former owner and director of the Miss Black Oklahoma USA and current owner and founder of Miss Black International Ambassador, she serves as a 20 plus year pageant veteran, having coached Miss America and Miss USA prelim contestants, former Miss Mrs. Plus America, Miss America co-ed state contestants, Miss Latina US, Miss Asia USA, Miss Black and Gold state and district contestants, and Miss Black and Gold is the Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity's um, pageant competitions, and various collegiate queens, Miss HBCU queens, and local title holders. So for all those who are watching, please give a nice warm welcome to Patrice Harrison, the CEO and founder of the Miss Black International Ambassador Pageant. Hello, Patrice. Good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I cannot complain. You have such an impressive resume. Oh, thank you. Are you uh, being on anything today? Um, so no, I'm on a diet. Um, <laughs> I drink diet at that. So the only thing I have, and which I love, for those who really struggle drinking water, which I do, um, it is called a prickle. And you screw, unscrew this, and it has flavoring in it. So I wish they had a wine flavor. Um, but this is my tropical pineapple, lim lime something, coconut. Yeah. It's like, so it tastes like I'm drinking a tropical drink. Mm -hmm. But yeah, <laughs> it's water. I probably need to get my water, too. It's over there on the floor. So it exists. Just have a, just have a glass for me, OK? I will. I got a nice little, a nice little amount. Probably maybe too much, but you're just taking a picture of that bottle because it did look very intriguing. And you talking about it, I was like, "Yes, I must try that. That looks really good." So when I can drink wine again, I'll try. Yeah, it's my first time having the so Louis Jadot is the name of the wine, mm -hmm. and Beaujolais. Um, so yeah, I'll enjoy a nice little sip for you. And it's 2018 for those who are curious. 2018, um, I think. Most of the wines out are 2018s. I don't know if the 2019 wine has came out just yet, or I guess, the, yeah. And then 2020s might come out later this year. Gotcha. It's like shoes. Uh, I've been dying to try this. This is like a perfect occasion to try one of these wines. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> mm. oh, it's delicious. It's delicious. Is it a dry? E. It's a little sweet. Okay, because I'm more of a sweet red. I, I, the dry, I, I just cook with it. Like a good dry wine, and it has to be a really good dry wine. I'll put like in a spaghetti sauce. Yes. Oh, it's so amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. That makes so much more sense. I usually cook with white wine. I never got around to cooking with red wine just yet. Not that fancy. Really, you know, most, most red wines, when I do cook with them, because I cook a lot. So when you do cook with a red wine, it's going to be usually. Um, for me, a more tomato-based flavoring type of sauce because it enhances the flavor and it's it's really good. Okay, well, I gotta look at some recipes. What do you usually make? Oh, so anything tomato paste? So like spaghetti and pasta? Yeah, it, it pretty much spaghetti and pasta. I mean, for me, it's um, you can make a really good homemade pasta sauce with uh, with the red wine. It's really good. 
um, okay. let it simmer. Or, you know, what's really good. I don't eat beef anymore, but when I did, you can make a really good pot roast with a red oh. wine. And it, it just enhanced the flavor of the beef. And you, you can even just put it in a crock pot and pour wine in. Okay. Well, I gotta let my personal chef who's downstairs right now making catfish know, aka my sister. <laughs> <laughs> my younger sister. She's been throwing down this whole pandemic since I've been back home. I'm like, child, I know you can cook like this. <laughs> <laughs> I let my personal chef know. We need to add some wine to this. Yeah, it, yeah. It will enhance it. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. Uh, I know you were listening earlier, but we just met on Monday on a clubhouse. I know. I, I, it's weird because I'm sure we, you know, we've obviously been in the pageant realm um, and probably have crossed paths and didn't realize it. But I've been watching you for a while. Um, and <laughs> so, yeah, I, I've watched your journey and pageantry. And then, of course, I've been listening to um, your pageant Prosecco for a while. So, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. It's always nice to know that people are actually listening. Because <laughs> sometimes you don't necessarily know if I'm actually talking to myself or if people are actually really like in tune and really taking in what I'm saying. So I really do appreciate you listening and tuning in. Yeah, no, my pleasure. I think today's gonna be a really good episode as well. I'm gonna go ahead and put my iPad away. But I think today's gonna be a really good episode as well. And I'm just really grateful that you were able to hop on so quickly, you know. We met and for those who aren't in tune yet, we met on Clubhouse on the Queen's Collective. It's run, it's run by um, Essay, Sissay? I, I said Sissay, yeah. Yes. So it's, it's called the Queen's Collective and it's on Clubhouse. So you guys need to tune in. And usually on Mondays, Monday's my first one tuning in, but on Mondays when they had a great discussion about all things pageantry and it was a really nice discussion. There was a good number of us too. Yeah, it was, it's really good. They And I'm looking forward to, she's gonna have some more. And I think it's really important for people in the pageant industry to have those conversations because um, I think that sometimes people get afraid and I think that they kind of put on airs. Um, and there's so many things that happen in the world of pageantry. Obviously, if they've watched the show, you've been unheaveled a lot <laughs> of things that happen in the world of pageantry. But I mean, there should always be a safe space um, for women to express how they're feeling. Um, and what they're going through as a pageant director, whether it, or a pageant contestant, or someone. We had a girl who had never been in a pageant, and she just wanted to know where do I start. And so I think that it's a great opportunity um, to have those conversations. I agree. I agree. And I actually been in contact with her since then too. Awesome. To pictures. And, and I sent her actually to a coach um, as well, who is a part of our system. Our VP of recruitment is a, a coach in Indianapolis. And so I sent her her information as well. I was like, let me see how I can help you, you know? That's perfect. Yes. Networking is important in this industry. It really is. It really is. That's why I'm so glad to have this conversation with you. Also, because you announced some pretty exciting news about your system today. Like, what are the odds that universities work together like this? <laughs> yeah, you, you caught me on a really great day. And just full disclosure, I've only had two hours and a half of sleep. Uh, <laughs> so I went to bed at five and I woke up at seven thirty. I was awakened before then because my husband leaves early for work and then I have a nine year old who has school at home. So I was awakened before then, but I was coherent two and a half hours later. So I have been going and going and going all day and I have like all this energy. I feel like I'm a 
tip over and crash soon. But yeah, today was an exciting day for MBIA. So um, yeah, I can talk about it now or we can talk about it later. You tell me. Well, okay, I just want to invite everybody who's watching. If you guys have any questions that you want to ask Patrice about the Miss Black International Ambassador System, go ahead and put it down below and we'll get to them later. But um, And then for those who maybe even want to join the call later, um, make sure your face is showing. But I'll welcome that as well. But if you have any questions, go ahead and post a comment and we'll get to them as well. So, Patrice, you had some really exciting news about your system, and it's based around the location of this year's national competition. Do you want to go ahead and share where so, it is this year? Yeah, absolutely. So, as we all know, COVID was really difficult. And um, as a pageant director, it was really trying to help hard to figure out how we're going to make the best out of, you know, where do we where do we take our girls? You know, originally we had partnered with Celebrity Cruise Line. Um, and our girls were going to have this luxurious six-night cruise. They were going to islands. We had excursions planned. Ooh. They had butler service. They were about to live their life, the best life. And I was Did excited. Have on the boat? Um, no, the pageant was going to be in Florida when we got back. But their whole okay. week was just, I mean, besides prelims, prelims would have been on the boat. Interviews, yeah. all those things would have been on the boat. But the final night was going to be um, in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And we were so excited. It was We had everything planned out to a T. Um, and then COVID just wouldn't go away yeah. and the former administration didn't care. So with that being <laughs> stated, um, and because I work in healthcare, I had to think about the best way to keep my, um, my staff, my girls, my family safe. Cause that's really important to me. And I mean, I know that tons of people, um, uh, would send me a message and say, well, why don't you just have it on land like everyone else? Or why can't you just do Florida like everyone else? But what they don't know is that if I send my my queens and everyone to Florida and I'm at a, a great resort or hotel in Florida um, yeah. and I get on the elevator with somebody, I don't know if they have COVID. Right. There, there's no testing done. They don't clean your rooms because they don't do maid service because of COVID. And oh. that's a lot of, yeah, It's a, that's too much. And so um, as much as that was not, that wasn't going to work for me. And so we have a very long standing relationship with um, the Commonwealth of the Bahamas. Um, we have been with them for the last seven years, or eight years since our first queen. I don't know what year we're on. Um, first queen Jasmine, we went over there and empowered some young women and fell in love with the island. And we have been back pretty much almost every year if we could. Um, we've hosted girls conferences over there. It's just been dope. So with that being said, we um, reached out to tourism because we knew that in the last really a year, it's been a year technically since COVID, since today, a year today, yeah. Since COVID appeared really in the U.S. Um, and so with that being stated, we looked at it and I was like, you know, it's been a year that really tourism was shut down. We were supposed to head there in April um, for a trip and to empower some young women and it was shut down. So with that being said, we were like, OK, these people haven't worked. Um, they haven't been able to. They don't have PPE, PPP like us or um, a stimulus package of these things that are happening in Nassau. And so we saw that the country was hurting. And for me, that bothered me because this is a this is my second home, basically. Right. And so um, we worked with tourism and we came up with a plan that worked so that um, we could create a bubble for our contestants, for any guests that were coming. You have to be COVID tested before you go into the country and you have to be COVID tested every other day <laughs> with wow. us. You can't even come to the pageant without a COVID test. You can't get on property at any of the resorts without a negative COVID test, we're just not playing. And so for me, it was not just, oh, let's just go somewhere tropical and have this amazing experience. 
But what am I going to do as a black woman trying to make sure my community is safe because we are dying um, at record numbers from COVID? And so it wasn't just let me just go to Florida and y'all wear a mask if you want. No, this is like if you don't wear a mask, you go to jail or you get fined two hundred dollars in Nassau. Oh, so we weren't playing. So we were excited because we we're like, yes, now we have a plan. Not only that keeps our family safe, we can keep a bubble. Um, and we have an opportunity for them to have the most amazing time because NASA is absolutely beautiful. Um, and then we get to give back. So one of the biggest things, they hit, got hit with Hurricane Dorian. Then they got hit with COVID right after that. Right, and right. so you have two catastrophic events right after the other, and the other one just won't end. And so for us, it's like, okay, we wanted to be able to give back. Um, and so we have a whole um, opportunity through our nonprofit where people will be joining us outside of the pageant piece and they'll be giving back to over a hundred girls, giving them toiletry items, talking about sex trafficking because that's a huge issue when you are dealing with um, people who have um, millions of dollars that can get their little yachts into the harbor and prey on young black girls. Right, right. Let's just be honest. And so with all those things, you know, that's the heart of what MBIA and our, um, our nonprofit and Bachelors of Change is all about, is making sure that we're able to provide these opportunities, not only for our contestants, but impact the community that we're serving. I love that. So this year's pageant is in the Bahamas, which I think is amazing because sometimes it's kind of tough to see international pageants held in like Columbus, Ohio. And it's just like, you know, how is that international but I love to see like the girls are actually going out of the country and that this is going to be like a really great experience. I, I think I think the Bahamas is like a fantastic location. I wish I was competing. Like I'm so jealous. If you need a photographer, let me know. I would love to join you guys. Someone can document everything that's going on. <laughs> I will. But, I will. Um, we'll have to connect you with our, so we have a photographer that is actually, she lives around the corner from me, um, but she's Bohemian and she's been taking her girls pictures for the last few years. Um, but she actually will be there the entire summer already. So oh. it's just worked out perfectly. But she will be honest, she will need an assistant. So I'll connect the two of you guys. You never know. Um, she's a great photographer and she's learned, you know, so much from other great photographers. And she's she's a part of our family. So, yeah. All right. Well, just let me know. You know, I'm, I'm always here. <laughs> I think people I just want to mention something. So people say your hair looks great. Oh, hi, C. That's my girl. So that's one of our former queens, Sarah. Thank you, Tejiana. Aw. Your vision for MBUSM to MBIA has been the ultimate black girl magic. Aww, thank you. I say I'm nothing without my team. That's our Miriam. So she's our Mimi, as we call her. She is our Miss UK. And so that's the one thing I'm excited about is that we have black women from all over the world. Hey, Leona. Well, hi, Leona. I know Leona too. <laughs> and Leona is one of our liaisons. So she helps make sure our contestants have everything that they need to succeed. And I love her. Yeah, awesome. I love her too. I met her um, when we competed at another system as well. Mm -hmm. We compete together. So, okay, let me just make sure that's everyone. And then Crystal, like Lynn said, to give back is a vital. That is our Mrs. Missouri. So thank you, Crystal. Oh, you got all your people just tuning in. I did. I posted it. Hey, <laughs> and that's our Mrs. Marilyn. Oh my gosh. The whole the whole contestant. The right whole crew. <laughs> okay. All right. They're sweet. They're they're I am blessed to have <laughs> be able to and as I say, you know, I, I thank them a lot, but honestly, I am nothing. Hey Dima. So Dima's our VP of marketing and actually one of our family members of MBUSAM, which is not MBIA, but I'm nothing without my team. 
I, I will not take full credit for any of this. I know that God gave me the vision, but it, it requires an entire team to make it happen. Um, and so, hey, Tierra. So that's our Mrs. South Carolina. Um, and so, I I'm just, yeah, it's just, it requires a team. I'm nothing without them. I'm nothing without our girls. You know, without them, we don't have a pageant. Right. That's true. That's true. So this is this is getting to um, the meat of the system. So it began in 2013, and kind of what was the vision behind having the Miss Black International Ambassador Pageant? What was your what was your vision initially for it? So um, I said I was done with pageants. Um, I said it when I married my husband. <laughs> and um, with the Mrs. Oklahoma title. Um, so I was I had sorry I had Miss Black Oklahoma USA, which obviously. For those who don't know, was a a, um, a prerequisite to go to Miss Black USA. And for those who don't know, I was Miss Black Oklahoma USA long time ago, long long time ago. Um, and so I went through that system. And honestly, actually, that's not where I started. I actually started with the Miss Black America system with Bashir Ahmad when she won. I was like 16, and I watched her win. And I I knew her sister, and I knew Bashir my entire life. And so I was like, she's the one that got me hooked on pageantry period. Um, and so with all that being said, you know, I started, so I've been through basically both black systems, major black systems. Um, and as I was kind of done with pageantry, I was just married. Um, and then a year later I had a, a daughter and I, I was just done. I was just coaching. Okay. I was coaching people and I just felt like something was still missing. So no shade to any other system because I won't throw shade. But what I will say is that I wasn't seeing the, um, I was not seeing the deep down get in gritty with the community. How are we creating change? And so when I coined that phrase change agents, that's what I looked for. And so when you think about women, like I always based everything off the story of Esther. And so when I looked at Esther, she was a change agent. No matter what she was going to do, if I perish, I perish, but I'm going to make sure that I change my community so that people can live. And that's really what I've always prefaced my system after. Even when I was Oklahoma director, um, you know, I called my girl Esther girls or GE women, generation Esther women. And I've carried that through the last 20 years of my life. And so with that being stated, um, I just wasn't seeing it. And so when you don't see something and then I was like, ah, I thought I was done. I don't know how I'm gonna tell my husband I'm not done. And so I like really prayed <laughs> about it. <laughs> And um, I remember um, I went to D.C. Um, and I, I was coaching a young woman um, and supporting some girls who were competing um, at Miss Black USA. And Dima and I sat down at this Thai restaurant around the corner from the theater. And I was like, hey, um, I have an idea. Like, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I was sitting, you know, some other directors, you know, that, you know, they're like, oh, you should come back and direct. I'm like, no, I'm good. And I was like, I got an idea. And I told them my idea. And, and a lot of people just was like. And I was like, no, it's not to shade anyone or, you know, I'm going to be very frank. It wasn't to shade Karen. It wasn't any of that. I, I mean, I mean, no ill will toward nobody else. It's like, I was like, no, this is something I dropped in my spirit that I'm trying to avoid because yeah. I told my husband I was done, but I can't run. You can't run from your calling. And so when I, I decided I was going to move forward with it and our first year, we had 28 contestants our first wow. year. Wow. And we exploded. And I'm thankful for the women that were there from the beginning, from Dima to um, to Ivy to Lauren. You know, these women helped shape MBI, MBUSAM at the time. And then when we went to um, the Bahamas with Jasmine the first year, I knew then 
that I never wanted this just to be a U.S. based pageant. I always knew I wanted to um, be able to bring black women together on a global level, because at the end of the day, you always hear that black women, we just can't get along. We can. We can. But also, there's also a major connect in the international population of black women. So if you look at women who are from Africa, or from UK or for the Caribbean or even black women in Asia, we are all we all have something major in common. We're black women, but we can't connect. There's a major disconnect. And so I knew, you know, seven, eight years ago, I wanted this to be international. It just took seven years to get there. Um, and so. Yeah, that's that's why I started, because I realized that there was something missing. I knew that there was a bond of black women that needed to be mended and and us to be able to connect back to diaspora. And so, yeah, that's why we're here. I love that you mentioned Esther as well, because one of my favorite verses is who's to say you wasn't made queen for such a time. Such a time as this. Yep. Yeah. And I, I, that's that's one of the things I have. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like in three places in my office right now. Um, because that's, that's actually one of my favorite verses that anytime I get discouraged, I have to remind that God has me here for such a time as this. Right. I trust me, I've, I've wanted to quit multiple times because it's not easy being in my shoes. Um, it's very tough and it's very hard and it's a very sometimes lonely place. So you're like, I, I want to quit. But then I go back to that verse, period. And so who, who's to say you weren't put for this reason for such a time as this? Was my queen such a time as this? And she was, and Esther was very like she was nervous, but she really went forward in her um in her vision to take down. I remember the story of Esther. Oh my gosh, it's gonna be so embarrassing because of Veggie Tales. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. So I'm a big Veggie Tale fan. <laughs> I had all the collection for my nephews, and then when they grew up, they gave it to my daughter, and I made her watch all of them. But we watched that one over and over and over again. And that's actually one of my favorite Veggie Tales. Every time I think of Esther, I think of like the asparagus stuff. Like, yes. I can envision Esther's. <laughs> she had this little uh, flip of a hair and, yes. and then mouth kind of like a tomato or like a little pea or something like that. Yes. Uh, oh yeah. my gosh. We have more Betty Tail love, so we're here. What do you think makes your system international? Is it having girls from other um countries compete is that what makes it international or is it going to the bahamas that make that makes it international in your opinion um i think it's definitely having the different women competing from different countries and so um we have like i said miss uk we have a miss australia coming we have a miss cameroon we have a trinidad and tobago we have women from the bahamas obviously so they that's they get to have it at their home country um we have a miss like china really yeah we have we have um we had you know there's been there are black pageants all over the world and i think that people didn't know this and so for the for the last several years i've just been sitting and watching these black pageants evolve and i was reaching out say hey we're starting something just hold on we we, we have something coming i can't tell you what yeah. and so i started connecting with these other black pageants and talking about there was a miss black belgian pageant there was a miss black france pageant and the french government shut it down because they said that you're French, you're not black, you're not white, you're French. But French people who are black people experience so much discrimination, but it's like we don't talk about it. And these are this is why we need systems in countries that we're not represented. But then you have countries that are like Miss Cameron, uh, mostly everybody is black, 90%. <laughs> Trinidad and Tobago and, and the Bahamas. And so people ask from that point of view, well, why 
have a Miss Black Bahamas when we're all black. But racism is not always looked at from, you know, you know, you're black, you're white, or you're white, you're whatever. But there's colorism. There's also things that have to deal with um, racial divide when it comes to um, you might be Haitian and this person might be um, this particular type of nationality in the Caribbean island. And so you ha- you guys have this issue or you might be considered, you know, immigration is an issue, but really it's not immigration. It's really racism. Right. Um, because right. when you have two different cultures that are bashing heads based off of, you know, you not wanting them in their country, it, it can become an issue with racism. And right. so where they might call it immigration issue, it's deeper than that. And then of course, like I said, the colorism issue is a big issue. Um, and that's always been an issue amongst black women in general, but it's really big in countries that are predominantly black. And having traveled to Africa, I can see that because my hairstylist, um, she used to have a full counter full of whitening products. And I like, why don't you take those down? Like it's killing us. Right. You know, and then a lot of people don't realize that. Um, and there's also like when it comes to beauty as well, like I know mm-hmm. in India or like in Mexico, a lot of people are darker skin. But it's mm-hmm. not really shown because a lot of the models are lighter skin. Um, and that's who people think, you know, represents that country. But if you actually go there, you'll see more people of, you know, darker skin tones. So I'm glad you, you brought that up. That's really big. And it is a huge topic. Like, um, I think Tia. Tejiana. Tejiana. Okay. My <laughs> eyesight. I can tell if the I was before the J or after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get back to the tech. The pandemic has been hard. So I'm glad you really you mentioned that, and um, I just want to read over your the mission statement of the NBIA pageants because um, it says more than a pageant, and you guys have four categories which I also love that you're incorporating the misses as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one second, I'm pulling it up. Okay. And that was a big pivot for us as well. Um, you know, when I think about being change agents, we had our miss in our teen division, and I, I love my miss and teen queens. They're they're literally like. Um, especially, you know, my queens who won, they're part of our family. Um, mm-hmm. My husband's been like a big brother to them. However, I realized that we were missing a whole nother demographic. You know, since the beginning, we people ask us, can you please have a Miss category? And I was like, for what? And I, I really <laughs> I was confused. It's like, sis, you 30, what you want to do a pageant for? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then, and then like, people were like, can you have a Miss? I was like, ah, for what? And so I had to really sit down and I was just like, oh, okay. And so I didn't do it for peer pressure. Like I said, I will never do anything without one, praying about it first. And then two, um, figuring out there's a purpose in it. And so I had to look about the community. We were missing a whole two demographics of women. One, women with children, single moms. Um, two, we were missing a whole, the whole 30 and above. What happens with your life next? Yes, you can hold the title right. and you can empower so many women, right? Um, and then the Mrs. category, black marriages are failing at an alarming rate. And so for me, it was more of less empowering black women who are moms and wives or wives in general. You don't have to be a mom. You can just be a wife. Like being a wife is hard enough. So with that being stated, I wanted to be able to have a tribe of women who were wives who can help strengthen each other in the, and through, through marriage. And also marriage as an American black woman is so different from women in other countries. And right. so like it, the conversations that we've had are like, whoa, well, why do you look at us like we're crazy? And you know, 
the whole submission thing, like it's it's a whole lot of conversation. And so that's why I felt we needed to have those conversations and break down those barriers. And so that's why we started the Mrs. Division. Well, I love having the Ms. and the Mrs. because as I approach that Ms. <laughs> age, <laughs> I still get bit by the bug. You know, ageism in this industry is real. And I didn't think about it until I reached this age and I started aging out of competition. Obviously, Miss America was first. And it's like, wait, I just got my talent together. Like, I just figured this out. <laughs> and then you get older, you're like, wait, I just figured life out. Now my whole resume looks better. Now I could talk better. Like, now I'm too old to compete in these pageants. So I, I for not missing out on people who are, um, you know, are older or people who come into the pageant world at an older age. You know, for Black people, I don't think a lot of us really competed in pageants from six until our 20s. Some of them are just not finding out about pageants. And, and there's certain ones that, um, you know, that you want to do, but you just, you know, you just simply aged out. And some people just don't know about what they want to do in life. And we all have different career changes and different motives and everything. But I do want to go and um, read your um, mission statement before I move along. The sure. Midwest International Ambassador exists to give a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Black women globally to serve as ambassadors of change and to encourage, empower, and enlighten communities, states, and nations. These global agents are rising voices in the community that seeks to make a difference by providing educational forums and events that focus on health disparities, poverty, violence, and major issues plaguing the Black communities. They are role models not only to young African-American women, but to women around the world. They partner with key political figures and international initiatives to bring support to their efforts and platforms. These women are more than a pretty face, and the program is more than a competition. It's a program that gives 365 days of support and resources to communities in need. The program is a platform for today's savvy, smart, and aware Black women to express their viewpoints, talents, and accomplishments to the international public while offering scholarships and grant opportunities to further education or their business, which I love too. That's one part about having older women as well is that, you know, some of us are entrepreneurs at this age, you know, as you mm -hmm. get older. And you may not need the scholarship money, but guess what? Everyone needs a little bit of seed money for their business. And I, I love your mission statement because it one is very detailed, but I feel like you hit exactly what you want to do, you know, touching on those communities that are in need, those who are um, the poverty communities, the, um, you know, people who really need help. And I feel like a lot of pageants, the mission statement is like one sentence, but yours is like really deep. And I feel like it takes a certain type of woman to really want to stand up to living up to that level that you put out for your mission statement. And I just love it. When I first saw it, I was like, whoa, like this is not a regular competition. You got to come in here on business. And even your website, all four of your title holders are all on business, entrepreneur, a coach, a future doctor. And I forgot what the other one was. <laughs> uh, Jashira's um, finishing up and about to head into law school. So she's a future lawyer and okay. she's a civil rights activist. Hey. So yeah, Tata is a business owner and, you know, she's been doing great. Quinetta has several businesses. Um, she's an amazing mom. So she she's on point, too. So our four our fab four, as I call them, they are phenomenal women within their own self. But together, collectively, they are some bad women. <laughs> is that what you're looking for? Like, what are you looking for in your title holders? Do they need to be 
like like do they need to have that purpose and that drive what are you looking for for you know are you looking for the same thing in your teen that you are looking for in your missus oh no absolutely not um so a teen is a little different because uh and brookie's just like super um she's my color my super teen um to be four oh she's not 14 anymore she's about to turn 16 sweet 16 in a few weeks hey, um and so i met her when she was 14. and when i met her when she was 14 like she's super accomplished and i was just like i'm not doing my life like let me go ahead and get my life together um but she's so empowering my, my daughter loves to spend time with brooke because she just she has this drive about her and i love to see that in a teenager because teens th these days it's like let me take talk. Let me do this. Let me do that. And for her to have the drive, she want to continue to make lives better. I mean, she focuses on maternal health. She's 16 almost. Yeah. But she, has a, she has a passion for maternal health and making sure that moms, black women, particularly women who are pregnant and have healthy pregnancies and healthy births. And we don't, you know, we're, we're dying <laughs> so fast from yeah. um, being in the delivering room and not having advocates. And she's an advocate for that. And she's 16, almost right. 16. So with that being said, like that just makes me excited. But what I think about it is that do I look that for that in every single team? No, I look for that individually out the strength that we can pull something from you um, that you are, you don't mind being molded and shaped into a phenomenal queen that can reign, that can um, be passionate about your projects and what you're wanting to do. Um, and so for the teen, it's a little bit different because that, that gives you an opportunity to mold and shape you. Um, I think that sometimes when you get to be 17, 18 years old, you feel in yourself. Um, and we have to remind our, sometimes our teens like, oh, whoa, like, like let me oh, read you back real quick because you're not grown yet. Right, right. Okay. Um, and so we, I almost like a big, big sister to them um, because I, I mean, I, I am old enough to be their mom. I had to continue to remind myself that, but I'm not. So I have to have a nine year old. That's it. And so they're still like a little sister. And so don't I, age yourself too like, huh? Don't age yourself too early now. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I just got nine year. We're good. So, so yeah, I, I try to be that big sister to them so that we can help mold and shape them into being a world change agent. Um, and that they feel comfortable traveling and going and speaking out to other teens and being a light to them. Um, but I don't want to like stifle anything because the teenagers go through more now than I ever had to as a teenager. Social media sucks for them. Um, there's so much opportunity for them to be hurt and be bullied and things of that sort. We didn't, I didn't have to go through. I can't say you because you're still in your twenties. So you, you grew up with social media. I didn't. And so it's, it's different. And then for like our miss, um, you know, she's, she's that, um, it's hard to say how, what I look for in her. But if I had to like pull it all together, I look for I look for her what I see in my former Miss Queens. Um, mm -hmm. So like Sarah was on, I don't know if she still is, but I look at Sarah and um, she was all almost like our all American girl. Everybody just gravitated to her. Like, I don't know what it was, like a magnet. Um, and so she just drew people in. Jasmine did that. Um, Lee, you know, at, you know, being active and wanting to do things. Ebony, you know, they like were self-starting getting out there, Archie, who's still part, you know, all of my former queens, I look at their strengths and if I can put them all in one bottle, that's kind of what I look for, is that a woman who doesn't mind um, being a self-starter and um, sees the passion is not afraid to go after it. Um, that That's kind of what I look for in my, my miss. And then for my miss and misses, because these are so different divisions and new for us, mm -hmm. uh, my miss is someone who's not afraid to 
walk out and, and be who she is, whether she's an entrepreneur, whether she's a mom, whoever she might be, she's not afraid. She's bold. She's willing to take the risk. She's willing to be out there in the community and talk about those uncomfortable things we don't want to talk about. Um, and then our missus is, this, is that she's that wife. She's the one that she, I'm not looking like saying you can be stay home mom. You can be whatever that might be. But mm -hmm. she's that one who's an advocate for marriages. She's the one that's an advocate for her community. She's the one that is multifaceted because when you're a wife and a mom, you got like 10 personalities and they're <laughs> all going at one time. And right. so can you juggle that? Can you be that person, but still be in the limelight and be okay with that and um, being, being comfortable within that own space? Um, because sometimes when you get older, like you, you kind of like, you don't want people to tell you what to do. Um, and so that person has to be comfortable with us having a crew of people that are like, Hey, I need you to do these things. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of different, but we're not looking for that typical pageant patty. I love that. And you guys also have six categories of competition as well. So that kind of filters out some of them patties among you guys and the competitions, um, which I love, of course, well, you have the regular ones, which is evening gown fitness, on-stage question, um, modeling, and interview, but you also have social impact, which I think is really big. Can you tell us, like, what is it when it comes to social impact that you think um, helps people, what what would be a, a, what am I trying to say? What is the social impact that you are looking for when it comes to that category? So, well, the social impact and the, and the interview portion are pretty much almost like in the same thing, and then we have a social media piece, too. So, when we look at the social impact to interview piece is that I'm wanting to know, like, how have you changed your community? What have you done? I am a very tough pageant judge. Like, woe is you if I'm on your panel because I have this resting face. I'm going to leave it at that where I'm just like, I was okay, thinking, let's show like, impress me. Show me what you've done. Not, well, when I win, I'm going to do these things. Sis, what you been doing this whole time? Like, I, I don't understand that. I, I just don't. Like, bye. You get a zero. <laughs> uh, I will give you a zero yeah. if you tell me anything ever like that. Because in my mind, that means that you're here for the wrong reasons. And so for me, what we look for in our queens is that we have to tell them is that, you know, are you going out there in the community? And no, of course, right now, it's really hard to do that in a pandemic. We get it 100%. And right. so, but what have you done in the past prior to the pandemic? What have you done um, during the pandemic that can help others, whether it's just a quick check-in or, you know, certain things that you may not have actually put out there on the social media world, but you might've done personally, you know, you've impacted someone's life during the pandemic. And so it's really hard, obviously, in the space that we're in to try to figure out what that looks like, but you can be a social, you can be a person that impacts lives, even if it's not in front of the, the eye of the community. But when we look at, you know, social media piece, and that's a huge thing because social media is marketing. And and let's be honest, yes, we're all about being changed, but we also have to run a business. And <laughs> sponsors like to see our girls busy. And when they don't see our girls busy, they're like, why are we sponsoring you? What are we giving you a scholarship for? Because you don't do nothing. Right. And I've literally had sponsors say, yeah, we're not going to do this anymore. I appreciate it. And I've, I've ended up having to pay a scholarship because a sponsor was just like, I don't see enough movement. Wow. And so, so yeah, social media is a big piece of who we are because I want people to understand is that if you're not visible, um, it's almost like the world of, of healthcare. If I didn't chart it, it didn't happen. 
So if you're not putting it out there, it kind of sometimes it didn't happen. And so we actually have a judge, a panel of judges that judges from April on all the way leading up to June of looking at what our girls are doing on a social media level, because they want to know, like, is this somebody that can can represent brands? Um, is this somebody that if somebody gives me a two hundred dollar gift and we ask our girls to talk about it, can they actually do it? Mm. Will they actually do it? Right. I love that. I love that. So is that the same panel of judges? It's not the same judges that's going to be there on finals night, right? This is somebody separate? Separate panel. And they don't know at all who mm -hmm. it is? Mm -hmm. Ooh, uh, and, I, and I do that for a reason because for the social, social impact piece or the social media piece, it's just because we want to make sure that um, it's authentic, right? So right. I can say, hey, you know, we give them a rubric. Like we give them a rubric on every end and we do actually... What makes this a little different from other system is that we train our girls starting from January to now to June. So all the way from January for competition, they have they have workshops and they are, you know, they're not mandatory, but we're gonna train them on interview. We're gonna talk to them about what to do in the, you know, for costume. We're gonna talk about we do hair and makeup stuff. We do everything that they need to do to be pre be prepared. We will go over every ounce of it with them. There should be no excuse. On top of that, they get leadership and development training from January on. And then we break it up. So like for the month of February, we broke it up in the division so that we can speak to those levels. So a team can't and a, and a missus can't be on the same level talking about the same stuff. So we have someone an expert talking with our teens about healthy relationships and healthy dating as a teenager. And then we have someone coming in for the married women and we're going to have a whole good time talking about all things marriage with a whole nother set of speakers. And so we pour wow. all that back into our contestants and it's no extra cost to them because we want them to know that whether you win or not, you've walked away with so much and you be, you're full. We want to just keep pouring into them. We want it kind of be overflowing. So they feel like, man, I got so much more than I expected. Right. And I think that's kind of what a lot of contestants are looking for um, when they compete in pageants, not just to apply and not hear from nobody, you know, and, until pageant day, but to kind of, be guided until that finals night like you know what exactly like groom me like you know what exactly are you looking for how can i be the best contestant how can i be the best um title holder period so that's really amazing how are you able to even balance being a wife and a pageant director in the same body <laughs> with all that you do um, it's hard <laughs> um and that's you know that's the that's the hard part of pageantry right um <laughs> yeah, like you said, the staff know that to be the judges. I don't even know. Who yeah, we, we typically. I mean, now, now, mind you, they'll end up knowing who the judges are for final night and preliminary competition. Um, but for for some of the other stuff, they they won't know um, until later. We'll let them know after it's Ooh. over um, and they've that's been judged. But so, how do I balance? Um, hmm. <laughs> I suck at balancing. Um, something got you know. So my daughter is an actress too. So I'm momager to her career. Um, and so, huh? The nine-year-old? Yeah. Wow. The nine-year-old is an actress. Um, so I, I, I manage her career and, and work with her agents and managers. And I'm like the person self-taping. And then like my husband's super chill. And that's, I think that's what makes us so good as partners is that he's just like, eh. So like, I'm like, so excited to get some news today, and I told him he's like, "Good luck." <laughs> I love 
<laughs> that was a good thing, right? Okay. Yay. <laughs> but that's just how his demeanor is. He's just super yeah. chill and I'm like super up here. Yeah. Um, but I had to learn, you know, um, over the last several years, I had been really ill and trying to balance the pageant. And I had to take a whole sabbatical for almost nine months and leave the pageant in the hands of my amazing team. And they kept it afloat while I healed um, because I, be I became deathly ill and I was like terrified. Um, and I had to realize that self-care is, is your, you know, it's very important. Your health is your wealth. And sure. so I make it a point. Now, don't judge me because I did say I only got two and a half hours of sleep. Um, <laughs> okay. I was, my brain would not shut off. But I've had to make it a point to, like, stop at some point. You know, I try to make it a point on Sundays now where those are my times to just be there with my family. Because I, on top of all this, I actually still work a full-time job. I work in hospice. And so I'm a liaison. So, you know, I, I carry two phones all the time with me. Um, and I'm working to make sure families are okay. And during this pandemic, I've been extremely busy. And so, but yeah. I do that by managing a whole international organization on top of a nonprofit. Um, and so it's, it's hard. Um, I have a really good planner. Um, and I write everything <laughs> down now because I will forget it if I don't. I have a great team. Like for real, you guys, you, when you think about it, the circle support of people that I have, I would be nothing without them. They are amazing. Um, and they are the reason why I'm still here. <laughs> so well, you got to I mean, you got to delegate. You got to delegate. Yeah. I love it. How many people do you have on your team? I know we have a few who are in the 15. chat now. 15 people. I know that because I, I had to send everybody stuff for Christmas and stuff. So there's 15 people. <laughs> um, yeah. And, um, and Dima said, shout out to Camille for keeping the organization together. Yes. When I was ill, I mean, she was my seat. She's our operations manager. And um, she pulled it together. Her and Archie kept everything afloat while I was gone for nine months. And then Dima came back on board. And, we, you know, we have an amazing core team. But then when with that, our core team, we have our liaisons. We have division assistants. And. We have people that you know are helping manage our my international queens because um, usually I'm the one that manages the queens. It's really hard to manage four people, um, so you know we've had people just kind of step in. We have an amazing team of volunteers, and so we wouldn't be anything without them. I'm, I might hold the vision, but they are the key to making this all happen. Oh, I love that! Shout out to your whole team. <laughs> I know. When so I asking hard questions. Ask me harder questions. Let me think. Well, I didn't really don't bite. Jump into the fire. <laughs> well, you know, I can be messy now, Patrice. <laughs> I know you can be messy. Try not to be messy. So if you come messy, I probably am going to turn it around and flip it to a, a, a brighter side. So you have media training. I love it. Okay. Um, so when it comes to the other systems you compete in, because I also competed in those same two systems mm -hmm. and I've had a good experience with the one system and I had a not so good experience with the other system. And I had an episode on that as well. Um, what is it that you felt like you really wanted to do differently? Like, I know you want the girls to be change agents or agents of change, excuse me. But why do you think that it was necessary to have another black pageant system when there's two existing. So no shade to the other systems. Um, 
I goes back to the calling piece that like I I debated that in my head because again I, I came from both. Um, and so, and they shaped me to the woman I am now. And so I give credit to them, especially with Miss, you know, Miss Black America being the oldest, um, and things have obviously changed over the years. Um, but, um, for the Oklahoma system for Miss Black Oklahoma, um, America, um, as you know, I was trained by a civil rights icon, um, Miss Claire Looper. And so, uh, you know, I, she shaped me in the world of pageantry um, and taught me what to do and what not to do. And so from both experiences, I have learned the what to do and, and what I liked and what I didn't like. And so to say all that, I, I just realized that there was something I still wasn't seeing. Like it was something that was burning and bothering me. Um, and I felt like our women needed something a little different. And I think that, you know, not saying that they can't go to um, systems or try different systems. I mean, Miss America is different from Miss USA. And then you have like USA National Miss and things of that sort. So, you know, every system is different. It's a matter of how you look at it and what you're going to get out of it. I'm not I'm not Mr. Anderson or or, or Letha from Miss Black, Amer Black America. I'm not them. Thank God. Um, <laughs> I'm not Karen. So, you know, how we deal with things, how we work through things is completely different. Um, and so what those girls will get out of those experiences for them competing in those systems is what they get out of those systems. And not what and, and I will say this, not every girl that's come through a system has whether they've liked it or not, we've not been perfect. Let me be very clear. We're not perfect. We made lots of mistakes. I am human. I'm not a perfect person. Um, I am I'm deeply flawed. But I will do everything, and I, again, I can't speak for those other directors. But I will do everything for my contestants and for my queens. I will, I will go without so to make sure that they have what they need without sleep, without money, without a whole bunch of things I've gone without. <laughs> so <laughs> to make sure my girls have what they need because I'm invested in them. Right. I, I call every single girl and have a one-on-one -on -one with them just so I get to know them because I never want to walk in a room and not know who they are. I don't want to be like. Who are you again? I think that's rude. <laughs> I just think that's so rude. So yeah. for me, it's an investment. For me, it's personal. It's deep down because if I can give them something that God has given me that's poured into me that I can impart to them, whether they win or not, if I'm able to give them something that can help them to their next level in life, then that's really what my job is. Not, who cares about the title or what my, you know, what my title is? I, I, I don't care about that piece. What I care about is them on an individual level. And right. how this impacts them and how they can grow and how they can build. And that that's I think that's what makes me a little different. No shade to, again, any other system, because y'all do what y'all do. That's fine. If you watch this later, are you mad at me? I'm sorry. <laughs> like I, I and, and people ask you, oh, did you do that to make such and such mad? Uh, no, you were the last thing from my mind. Trust and believe when I was on my face like, God, I really don't want to do this because I didn't. I didn't want to. I wanted to just be a mom and a wife and live in a house. <laughs> so I did not want to. I, I said it was done. But again, you can only run so far for your calling. So, so to answer your question, short answer, we're all different. We're all different, and what I give to my girls is completely different from what I've, you know, what I've received from those systems. And you kind of started asking another question. I wanted to know, and sure. I'm gonna keep my wine for this one. My tropical water, go ahead. You have to get the bottle for this. <laughs> um, I do know that when you like the pageant, um, 
Miss Black USAM when it came when you guys first started, and there was a bit of a um, not even like a conflict of interest, but there was a problem with um, Karen and the Miss Black USA system. And when you started your system, can you kind of explain what was the term, the turmoil that was going on when you wanted to go about and create and branch off? Because what on the streets, from what I heard, was that she was really upset that you created a, a new system um, and branched off and that you were um, blocked, I guess, in a way from her. Is that still the case? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm blocked still. Um, and I mean, there's no secret. I, again, I have no qualms with Karen and I will put that out for the entire world to hear. Um, Karen, I have no issues with you. Congratulations on your image award. I'm very proud of you. Yes. I have no issues with her because yeah, I, I can empower literally. women. I cannot empower women and say that I'm in ministry and say that I'm all about women empowerment. And then I down her or I say anything negative about her system. I came from her system. And so, yeah, she might have felt slighted and it was not intentional because again, when I, and I say this again, I do not answer to her. I don't even answer to my husband who's still like, you still doing this? I don't, I answer to God, but he's the one that called me. He's the one that ordained me to do this. So therefore this is what I will do. And whether you like it or not, that's, that's something you got to take up with him. So yes, I feel like she did feel slighted. Um, and I apologize if she feels that way, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, I didn't do anything to purposely hurt her or to purposely come from her. Now, if, did I have people that were within my system that did some things that were questionable? Yeah, and I nipped that in the bud because again, I can't call myself somebody and do something completely opposite because I'd be a hypocrite. So I have no issues with her. I wish her well. I wish her system well. I hope they grow. I hope they flourish. I hope we get to the point with all black systems that we can all be on one accord with each other and do things together because the more that we do together, the better that we grow. I am so over the fact that black women cannot get together and create something amazing and do something and create synergy to change our communities when we have issues within our own camps. I am over that. Fix yeah. it. I, I'll call them. I will call them out. And and people can call me out for anything that they want to call me out. And I'll own whatever we've done that has not been um, kosher or you felt like was not right the right business move. But again, I will say this to anyone. I have no issues with her. I am wishing her well. I was so excited when I heard she got an image award. That's like you, you give you give people their their prompt, you know, their props when they do something great. Do yeah. I always agree with how she handles things? No, but that's her business and that's not mine. Right, right. And I do want to mention she got the Outstanding Literary Award for her book, uh, Next Best Life. Yeah, and, I, and I'm proud of her. And I think that that's the thing that people assume that, um, you know, and, you know, of course, you know, the, yes, there's the things out there or you girls, you know, did I block my girls from competing her system? No, you can go wherever you want. If you go to my system, you go to hers. I don't care. Was it the other way around? Yeah, I mean, that's proven knowledge. I mean, that, that was out there. And so I'm not putting in something out there that wasn't already seen and people haven't seen float around. You know, am I still blocked? Yes. If they unblock me, great. If they never unblock me, that's fine. At the end of the day, I want us to all flourish. I want us to all grow. I want us to be our best selves. And I can no longer, again, like Dima said, we over here minding our own business. When I start minding <laughs> other people's business, I can't handle my own. All right. Period. 
And I mean, we got our we have our own issues. So I need to handle my stuff and make sure we good on this end. And y'all can keep doing what you do on your end. But one day I hope, one day I absolutely hope. Um, and I mean, again, I've known Karen for a very long time. Um, obviously, you know, I competed in the system before Karen came back um, with Miss Black USA. So um, I've known, I've been a part of that system for a long time. I was a director for a long time. And so, but uh, all that to say is that you know, you grow and you move and you change and you evolve. And at the end of the day, and if anyone has learned anything from this pandemic, stop sweating the small stuff and the petty stuff. Let that stuff go. Like yeah. you've got bigger things to do. You got a calling on your life. If you if you literally focus on that, that is a vision blocker. That is something that's gonna stop you from growing and building and moving in your own calling and life. Let that crap go. Nobody cares about that no more. So I don't mind talking about it because that's old business for me. Yeah. But I wanted to bring it up because that's something that um, I heard, obviously. I mean, I mean, yeah, everybody's heard those stories and people are like, oh, we should talk about this. I don't have a problem talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't. And I don't have a, I don't have a problem telling people how I, how I really feel. So, um, and then I do want to mention another one of your staff says that you hold them accountable. So I am, I am proud to see that. I am proud to see that. Um, also, word on the streets. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how recent this was. I guess it probably was probably in your infancy years. But um, some people had problems with the scoring and the way that the judging was handled. Um, I think in like the first two years, they felt like the winner was um, picked ahead of time. And I'm not sure. And I don't want to bring anyone's name into it. But I think it was like the first two years. Um, I'm trying to think, cause I competed in 20, I had to be 2013 in, in other systems. And that's kind of when I heard about you guys were just coming forward. So, um, that must be 2014 and 2015. Yeah. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind addressing that at all. Um, so one, I suck at picking people. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm serious. Like I was like, this person's going to win. I'm like, Oh wait, they didn't win. Mm -hmm. okay. Like the only person. The only person I was like, I think she's got it. Um, and I didn't think that till like day two or like, well, actually two days before the competition was Lee because I actually had picked a roommate, Alanda, in my head. And Alanda is, is yeah. now like a dear contestant who is almost like family to us. Like she, her and Charity are like big sister, little sister, right? Yeah. Um, and so in my head, I was like, it's Alanda. And then Lee got on stage. Nope, it's Lee. And so... Wow. And so no shade to Alana because she's phenomenal. But in my head, like I already had the person in my head who I was like, you know, and so I, that never worked with Sarah. I didn't pick Sarah to win. Sorry, see, if you're on here. She knows that. Like, I don't, <laughs> pick our I just, I don't pick our, we don't pick our winners. Okay. Um, it goes by the scoring. I think that the biggest concern was they felt like we should have had more qualified judges. But at that time, um, our executive producer at the time, who is a phenomenal pageant girl, she picked out some really hard judges. Um, we had people who were in the fashion industry, photographers, um, who were celebrities, who were on reality television. You know, so it wasn't like those judges weren't hard judges. Um, and so I, I get how people can sometimes feel that way. Um, but I have every score sheet. Um, and literally, I just finished packing up 2014 stuff and was trying to figure out how to scan it into my computer so I could dump those files out of my closet. But I keep everything. Because at the end of the day, I want never, ever anyone to come back and say, uh, we we tainted some scores or we did something. Um, because, I mean, no shade. And, and again, my legacy queens know this. Like, you know, there's people that have won. I was just like, 
<laughs> but I had to learn how to um, God picked me. Thank you, C. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but she knows no shade because she knows she's she's like a little she's a, she's part of our family, you know. And yeah. I got to know Sarah, and we we are inseparable. Um, that is my girl. I would travel the world with her because. But I've I've learned to develop these relationships with my queens. I didn't pick Jashira, but I love Jashira. I love spending time with her. I've gotten to know her and we've gotten to bond. And so I say all to say we don't pick our winners. No, because I mean, I just don't. I don't think it's right. So are you just as um, blind to the scoring until the end of after the show until you see the score sheets as well? Or do you? Um, you So. I found out who won two years in a row right before they announced. They try to okay. keep that from me. And then I'd be like asking questions. <laughs> uh, who's winning? Um, when Lauren was my executive producer, oh, she would tell the judges, if you see Patrice coming, somebody call me. Cause she's gonna ask, where are we at guys? Cause I'm nosy, I wanna know. Then right. one year they took my phone from me. They took my phone and I was sitting at the front row and they, that year we had a very irate parent. Um, we had to call security. And so all of, our, all of a sudden I see everyone in my team moving and I'm like, dang, I ain't got no phone. Well, I told my husband, let me have the phone. Let me have your phone. He's like, for what? And I couldn't move. I wasn't allowed to get up. I didn't know nothing happened to the end. And they were like, yeah, I guess how we took your phone because you need to sit and just watch. And I hate it. I hate it. I don't <laughs> like it. I need to know what's happening all the time. Um, and so I say that to say, I don't ever know what's going on. The one year I did know what was happening is I was backstage because I wasn't feeling good and I was backstage and I knew who won because, um, Ebony was jumping up and down like she won the lottery and I knew that Lee had won. Um, <laughs> that was Ebony's pick. Um, and so I was like, oh man, you weren't supposed to say nothing because now I can't be excited at the end. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the only time I like I knew who won. Um because right. they, they just don't let me in on that. Sorry. Okay. I wish they did. Yeah. Well this year I would find a way to get my kid to find out for <laughs> send the nine year old to investigate. Hey, just go look over there, see what's on the paper. Right. <laughs> well, and honestly, we don't even do scoring like that on, on sheets anymore. Everything's digital. We use Tally Genie. So there is no touching scores. No, Tally Genie handles all that for me. Once those judges input that stuff digitally, you can't change none of that. So if you were trying to change somebody's score, no, we make sure the integrity is there. That's what we use Telegen. And do, do you work to make sure there's no conflict of interest between the judges and the contestants? Like how hard of a process do you weed out your judges? So this has been a hard year because I have contestants that know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying. So I'm like, who oh, got the perfect judge? And I'd be like, oh, dang. They're agents, they're connecting with people. They know they, the connections are there, right? And so um, this year has been really hard with my judges coordinator and I just like, what about this person? Oh, that person knows such and such. Like weeding through their social media to see if they're connected is like the pain in my side. And thankfully, I have a judge coordinator who does all that. Um, shout out to Taylor. You're awesome. Um but yeah, it's really, really hard because I don't want anyone to be like, oh, such and such knew the judges. Now, mind you, I always tell the girls this, you never know who will be your judge. So I might have you interact with it. They might be a speaker that came to speak to one of the girls in you know, in one of the speaking opportunities that we have for them, for them to come to a webinar. 
they might be somebody, I mean, I will never tell them. And that that happened to me when I competed um, at Miss Black USA, my judge, who was also my makeup artist, who was a makeup artist to Michelle Obama and to Oprah Winfrey, Mr. Derek Rutledge. Yes, he has Ooh. touched my face. He is amazing. He was my judge and I laughed my butt off because these girls were rude as crap around him, <laughs> acting a fool. I don't know who Derek Rutledge was back in 2003. I was like, who's this? He was with the Revlon team that was doing our makeup. And I was like, but when he walked into interview and the look on those girls' faces in the hallway, I was in tears laughing. I was like, you never know who your judge is going to be. Right. And I mean, and I reached out to him at one point. I was like, hey, do you remember me? Because I was like, you touched my face. I was in Oklahoma. You remember? And, you know, he remembers <laughs> because he remembers how you treat people. And so. I always tell girls, you never know. Watch how you act around people. How, watch how you act on social media because you act ratchet and act a fool. You never know who your judge is going to be. Right, right. And I do want to say that there, um, people are cheering on Sierra saying that she was such an amazing queen. So obviously the judges picked right. She was. She was. She, she, we called her America's sweetheart. I mean, the, the energy that Sarah had, I, I have yet to duplicate in anyone that I've had um, in our team. And not shaped in none of my other queens. It's that Sarah was in a whole nother league of herself. And I didn't know that about her until I until she was queen. And I got to know her and I spent a lot of time with her. And we traveled together. And um honestly, you know, she's again, she's family. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love you. You have such a nice presence about yourself, such a genuine presence that I obviously don't feel any um shade coming towards you from any of the other systems. I feel like you are a genuine person. I do see God shining in through you. And I do appreciate what you, the advice that you gave on the clubhouse chat room um, Monday to me to follow into my calling. And I really took it to heart because I really needed that at that moment. Cause I was, I wasn't even, I was like hesitant of, of even saying the information about being a photographer on the clubhouse chat room or in the conversation. And I really do appreciate your kind of encouragement saying, you know, you know, what's for you is for you. And it was just really, really nice. So. Um, I just love your spirit and I love, love your energy. Everything about you is just so, just so nice and so free. And I just feel like that kind of embodies your whole system as a whole, your whole pageant system. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, and you're right. Don't be afraid, whether it's your photography or whatever you're seeking to do, you know, put your whole heart into it, you know, pray about it, write it down, write the vision, make it plain and go after it. Because if you don't, you're going to regret it. And, I, and people always ask, you know, all the things I've been through. And when I've been through a lot as a director. I got a book. Um, I got like six books probably about being a director. I've been through hell and high water as a director. But I will say this. People always ask, would you do it again? And I, without a question, yes, I would. I would do things differently. Some Yes, change some things, yes. Make sure that people don't, you know, hose me out of money and things of that sort. Yes. <laughs> but at the end of the day, rest more. Yes, I would do that. But I would not change this for anything. I, I could not see my life without MBIA um, and all the amazing women that have come across my life, not just the girls who've won, but there's contestants that are forever in, ingrained in my heart who are part of my life um, from my team. Um, I love them. And if you look at our team, 95% of my team are former contestants. Yeah. I think and I it's because that. they believe in the system that it's changed their life in some form or fashion. And I'm so grateful for them. And so. You know, a lot of girls come back as well to compete again, correct? 
They do. And I'm excited. That makes me excited when I was like, we did something right. Um, <laughs> it was a good year. <laughs> yeah, we had a good year that year. And I mean, again, not every year was great. And and I will wholeheartedly say to anybody, um, oh, thank you, Destiny. She is from our Oregon side. And I'm going to mess up her title in just a second because I can see it. And I always get my the titles wrong because we have regions now and I get all my regional titles wrong. Um, but so she's our Miss Division. I love Destiny. So with that being said, like, you know, I will say this publicly. I have done like nothing I've maliciously done anything, but we have not been perfect. And I will say that all the time. So if I've ever hurt anyone or felt like we wronged them in any way or felt like they didn't get a fair chance or whatever, you know, again, I always believe in fair chances when it comes to pageantry. I never want to be known for a pageant that wasn't fair. But if you ever felt that way, I apologize because that was never our intent. Our intent was for you to have an amazing experience and grow as a woman. If you feel like you didn't get something that you should have got, I apologize. Um, again, our job is to always make sure that we hold up our end of the bargain. And sometimes that's hard to do when people don't do what they're supposed to do. Right. And so I say this as to uh, as you wanting to be a future director, you know, always make sure you have those checks and balances with those with the girls in mind. I mean, I've had girls who didn't show up pageant week or be dropped a week before the pageant and still owed us thousands of dollars. You know, if you've ever planned an event, those things have to be paid in advance. And so, you know, we've had sponsors, we've had, and you know what, I'm gonna be honest with you, most of our struggles have come from black businesses who did not do what they said they were gonna do and left us with, you know, bills that we had to pay. And so, you know, those are the hard pieces of it all. But if you, if it's like that song, gospel song, I've had some good days, I've had some hills to climb, but all right. of my good days outweigh my bad days, I won't complain. And that's how I feel about this system, that I've had some very, very dark days that were really rough. But when I have pageant week and I see how lives have changed, and even one of my former queens, and I had a conversation today, a former teen queen um, who's grown and has kids and a husband now. She almost had me in tears. She's like, "You're what you guys have done has changed and shifted so many women's lives." She's like, "People need to know the story." Right, right. Um, and I do want to ask you because you have um, appointed titles, and I, I'm not sure how many state pageants you have. I do know some of them are appointed. Most you- actually, all of them are appointed right now. We just opened up our directors program again. We shut it down. Okay, okay. Um, so, do you think that by having so many either system or second system nationally competing that it kind of puts them at a disadvantage in a way when it comes to trying to be at nationals because they were appointed as opposed to how we typically do it by winning a state and then going on to nationals you know that puts them at a disadvantage um i would say yes and no so when we did have state pageant directors um the reason i shut them down is because my directors weren't doing what they were supposed to do Okay. And not all, just most, <laughs> not all, not all, but most. Um, and it was it was causing more harm than good. Um, and so our girls were the the girls who struggled the most were my girls who were had directors. And I just like that's not how this is supposed to go. Um, so that's the reason why we shut it down. And so we are bringing it back up. And so the good thing is that because we make sure that we provide that training on our end, it gives everybody, excuse me, a level playing field. Um, that we want everyone to come into Nationals Week knowing that they've gotten the skills that they need to be at their best. Right. Okay. 
Um, that's, that's something that I see as a common theme in mm -hmm. a lot of these black, black pageants. Sorry, I was reading a comment. Uh, is that they do appoint title holders. So um, do you think that some pageants kind of take advantage of girls by giving them an appointed title, knowing that they don't have a chance of winning their system or that they, you know, are just trying to like, I guess, scam girls out of money by just appointing them this title, knowing that they might not even win. Uh, I know you competed in two other black pageants and they might have had appointed titles then. Do you think that some, some of these black pageants are scamming black contestants? So I would say pageants in general, um, because <laughs> there are pageants in general that do that. Um, and I, I hate to say that um, because with our system, it's not about if I think you're going to win. It's about what do I think you can gain? It's what, how can we help you build? How can we help you grow? How yeah. can we make you a better woman? How can we give you the skill set so that when you walk away that you maybe never compete in another sister again, but you have taken away from this experience and you're a better woman than the one when you came in. Um, and when you leave, you're, you're just, you've changed. Um, we, we make sure that we change you into and make you into and mold you into being a change agent. So for us, it's not about whether I believe that you can win. It's a matter of, do I believe that you can create change? So that's, I can speak for us on that. Now for every other system, I do think there are systems out there where they were like, let me just get your money. Um, and it's not just black systems. There are tons of systems out there that like, let, let me just give me your money. Um, and, um, you know, that sucks. Um, and I always tell people, you know, people are like, well, you know, girl, you might, you must be living in a mansion. Uh, no, 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 don't do that. Mm -mm. You got a nice little house. <laughs> right, I just got a regular house, and we have a regular car. And by the way, did I mention I work a full time job? And oh, and I don't get paid to do MBIA. Um, I want to make sure my staff has what they need, and that my girls have what they need, and the, the pageant has three. Because lo and behold, we are a black pageant. I am not Miss USA. I am not Miss Universe. We do not have their money. We just don't. You know, mm -hmm. we struggle to. And again, when you have that that those rumors of animosity amongst black pageants, people decide they don't want to support any of the three. Because right. there are there are more black pageants, but let's just be where there's the top three. And so with the top three, if we are at odds and that goes out to the public and sponsors or networks or people hear that, they don't want anything to do with any of y'all right. or us. Right. And whether we did something or not, it's like, it's by guilty by association. Okay, all y'all crazy then. We don't want to touch you. And so with all that saying, going back to the scamming piece, I think that there's a piece of that in some systems. I can't speak to you know, the other two black systems only because um, I have no idea what they're doing right now. <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I don't even, I don't know. I, I try to, I try not to be, I don't want to be in the business. So yeah. I don't know what, they're, I hope that they're not. I know about your experience and that really made me sad and it sucks. <laughs> um, however, I don't know what they're doing. So maybe they've changed things. Maybe I don't know. So I'm going to go with I don't know about them. But I do know of other systems that are not black that I, I know for a fact where I've heard directors say, I just I just need them to kind of check and keep it moving. I'm like, dang, for real though? You don't want them to grow? Girl, she ain't going no way. I just need her money. We need to meet our numbers. Oh, geez, child. Jeez. Um, when it comes to the black part, is there a, how black do you want your contestants to be? 
Like, is there a threshold of <laughs> of what is? <laughs> you know, yeah, so and then I had this whole school days flashback room. Like, <laughs> because some people feel like they're excluded, you know, or some people might feel like they're too that you know if they're mixed, they might be too on the white side to be considered. For this pageant so, so let's talk about that <laughs> colorism right so i went off on someone politely went off on them because we had posted a picture of one of my queens she's um she's mixed and she's very fair i have, actually have three about three girls on her who are very very fair for their their hue right are they the contestants uh, or are they the winners uh no current contestants current okay. contestants and so okay. uh, we had posted welcome miss such and such and somebody posted underneath, she's not really black. Excuse me. I was like, oh, you didn't mess with the wrong person. I'm a mama bear, you poke the bear. So okay. I was like, I politely DM them. I have deleted your comment and I have blocked you from our page. And the lady was like, I can't believe you came after me. No, I can't believe that you, that came out of your mouth. Right. I was like, because at the end of the day, all of us are mixed with something. I did my DNA test, my husband laughed at me, he's like, He's, and he, you know, he always has jokes. He'd be like, is that the 36% of you that's Jewish and white? I'm like, you know what? I <laughs> asked you for your opinion. <laughs> I was like, you lied, you, you lied to me. You white too somewhere. Yeah. You know, but with that being said, so it's never amount of if you are black enough. Because, I mean, that that's something I think that we fight with. You know, I, I'm a, I've been a PWI my entire life from elementary up. I'm a military brat. So I grew up with different people from different cultures and I, I learned to embrace that, but I also was the girl that had a whole bunch of friends that were white and I still love my friends that are white. Hey friends, like they, they cool <laughs> now. Some of them, they got unfriended because you know, they support Trump and they had to go. But with the point being is that I'm, I, I was called an Oreo. I was called the girl that wasn't black enough. And then in college, I was the president of the black student association. Next. So at that point, like, you can't determine my blackness. You can't tell me what my story is. You have no idea the shoes that I've walked in and the discrimination that I've been through. Um, I, You know, so I can't stand when black women say you're not black enough to be in the system or you're too black. Because then you get that in other systems that are Caucasian based. You'll say, oh, you can't, you need to put, you know, 20 inches in. Girl, if you want to rock those 20 inches, great. Like, or if you want to go ahead and do a twist out like I did in 15 minutes, like keep it moving. You know, it's okay to be whoever you want to be. Um, Crystal, who is our Mrs. Missouri, I'm like, I wish I could wear a bald head. Like, you know, this forehead line, it don't work with the bald head. Like, but she can do it. And but I love it. Too. Like, Ema has these phenomenal dreads. I'm like, teach me how. You know, I love that about us. So, so it's never about if you're black enough or you're not black. Um, because that's what makes us who we are. We're black women. We have our hair in all different types of ways. It will be different tomorrow. <laughs> you know, we come from different backgrounds. I know you've talked about this before, uh, being at a PWI and people not understanding, you know, we come from different cultures. You know, my husband and I said, you don't know the HBC experience like, bruh, my sister went to Langston. It was like 30 minutes from my school. I was already there. Like I didn't go to school there, but I was there a lot. So yeah. you know, I maybe didn't get all of that, but I wouldn't trade my experience for nothing because it wouldn't have put me on the trajectory of my life I was on. So I always tell women when they start bickering about that crap, let that crap go. You black doesn't yeah. like black. And at the end of the day, if a police officer stops all of us, we're all black. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that goes from the African queens and our other queens from the Caribbean. At the end of the day, boo, you are black. Because come to America, the police officers are not going to ask you, what country are you from again? They're going to look at the skin (laughs) that you have. And they're going to realize that you are a black woman. And that makes you a threat. Period. It does. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're fine. I was going to (laughs) say, my hair will change as soon as we get off this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) As we get off (laughs) Um, I don't want to keep you too long. It's already been like an hour and a half. But I do want to ask about the Miss Ambassador because um, it was just mentioned. Can you uh-huh. talk to us about the Miss Ambassador Week and what is it like? What do you guys do for the Miss Ambassador Week? I think this is also what sets you apart in the other pageant systems as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we started, um, I'm trying to remember, Dima can correct me if I'm wrong. Call me Miss Am- so it was always just like pageant week except to like maybe year two or three, I think the year 71 is when we did the Columnist Ambassador Conference. So that was the first conference that we did. We had speakers come in, we had girls from the community, other women in the community that were able to be a part. Um, I remember um, that year, um, Selena Johnson just happened to be at the hotel with us and she was taking pictures and you know, it was just like, it was dope. It was an opportunity for us to pour back into the women because we realized that um, that we had more to give than just have a regular pageant week. So. So we just kind of changed everything. So that's what the shirt, my shirt says, call me Miss Ambassador became a coined term because it was like, you know, we're ambassadors of change and we want people to call me Miss Ambassador, right? So that was one. So then we um, just started to having our ambassadors of change luncheon where we give out additional scholarships for girls who have done great things in the area of the pillars of ambassadors of change, which is the parent organization that houses MBIA, which obviously is our nonprofit. So I mean, AOC is our nonprofit. So, you know, we start working with, you know, the girls on health and wellness, leadership development, women empowerment, community involvement were our four pillars. And so the girls would um, apply for scholarships. We give additional scholarships out and honor and thank those girls for all the work that they've done. And then we would honor women. So we've had, or um, Shana Tate Billingsley, we have honored um, the women from Girl Trek, Sonia Jackson Miles. Um, Brandy Harvey, that was fun. Brandy was awesome. Brandy out there was preaching to us. Um, like we've honored some phenomenal women um, from Disney executives to, I mean, you name it, celebrities. We've had Dr. Jackie, um, Egypt Sherrod, Marshawn Evans Daniels. Like these are phenomenal women that we have been so blessed to honor. Um, even one of our, our, our main sponsors, fiscal sponsors, Shannon Day. And you are like, do white people sponsor you? Yes, Bombshell Fitness is our fiscal sponsor and they are amazing sponsors. Shannon is a white woman. Um, and so, and we've honored Shannon before. And yes. so we get that opportunity and, the, and those women get to meet our girls and pour into them and talk to them. You know, so Egypt and Marshawn were awesome. They were giving some great tidbits. Um, and so that's what makes us a little different. Um, and then we take that week and we make sure that we're doing something that gives back. Um, so uh, when we had the pageant, uh, a few years back, we did a food bank here in North in North Atlanta, and the girls went there for a day and helped with packing the boxes and things of that sort because that's who we are. Um, so with the Bahamas, it's a little different. Um, we had already planned to give back to girls impacted by Hurricane Dorian. It was actually my nine-year-old's vision to host this princess party for the girls, and she wanted them to feel loved because a lot of these girls lost their parents and lost everything they had, and so she ended up raising a few thousand dollars and bought all this slime and stuff for the girls to have fun. Oh, really? and so she 
he was like, okay, so we're doing this during the pageant week now, right? I was like, sure. <laughs> I guess we our community give back. And so instead of just impacting 40 girls, now we're looking at 100 girls. And so we're, you know, gathering an Amazon list so people can purchase a book bag and it gets shipped directly to our base of, we have a whole base of people in the Bahamas. We have our own team there and they'll be collecting all the donations. We'll be giving out toiletry supplies and things of that sort. And so we're taking the nine-year-old's vision and letting her lead. And she's going to be working with our Fab Four to make sure that we can pull off a phenomenal event of just giving back and pouring back into these hundred young girls that we're going to be servicing. I love that you're going to have glue and slime on a plane going to the Bahamas. Slime <laughs> <laughs> in boxes. I was like, yeah, okay, we're going to do slime, but that we're doing. The girls are going to be, you know, journaling and, and having different rooms that they can go in and learning more about themselves. And then, of course, the scientific STEM piece is all the nine year olds. So she's going to be leading the slime workshop. How to create slime. <laughs> Have at this. Go for it. She's going to be like, um, ma'am. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's, I that, I think that's, that's the part is that generally at the heart of who we are is service. It's what we do. It's what we love. Um, and yeah, we've been burned and you know what we, we've been burned and guess what we got back up. I was talking about the beauty of life is that there are ashes in life, but the beauty is that God can take those ashes and create something even more beautiful. And I believe that this year for us is our most beautiful year yet. We've been through hell before I've been through hell, but I'm telling you this year to us feels like something amazing. And the pandemic was rough for everybody, but God has really blessed us during this time. Because we're we we are almost at seventy women, really across all four divisions. Uh, yeah, all together, <laughs> not not each okay. division. Oh, Ooh, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's amazing. That speaks yeah. values to who our team is and who our recruitment team is, but also speaks values to the women that are a part of this organization. So do you give out scholarships to each of the four divisions or scout or business seed money to all four winners? All four winners get. Mm -hmm. And does it vary year by year? How much do they get? No, it's typically always been 5,000. Um, and we hope that within the next year it will, it will grow per division. Mm -hmm. Wow, look at you. I love that. Um, and then also, I do want to ask. Tough one. Okay. <laughs> it's tough. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, again, it goes back to marketing is important. And when people don't, you know, when people don't do their job, it is really tough to get a sponsor to stay on board. So any queen that you're ever in a system and you are supposed to do things, do it. Because you never know how hard it is if it's watching and you want your sponsors to always stay on board and be engaged. And that's any system. That's important. Right. And then your girls actually get the money. I did want to ask. Like they actually get it in their hands. Yes, I mean, and I will be full transparency. We've had people not not pay us. And so my husband and I have paid it. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because, I mean, I and it does say in the contract, let's say some a sponsor starts to pull out. We're not responsible for that. But I'm not about to tell someone who needs to pay their tuition. Sorry. Right. Yeah, that's not fair to them. And so, like, yeah, we've paid a few scholarships before. I mean, he wasn't happy about it, but we just wrote it <laughs> Um, and it's and I had to work extra hard for that. Like, 
like extra hard just to make sure that that was taken care of. Because at the end of the day, like if I made a promise, I want to come through with it. And yeah, it might have been delayed a little bit, but I, I, I gave them full transparency. Hey, so this is a drop. This is the reason why they drop. And so I'm going to make sure it's handled. And I handled it personally because it, you know, and I just wrote it off of my taxes. Because, I mean, I, that's, our, that's the integrity of our system. I couldn't do that. That's not fair. Even when people right. haven't paid us and or would stiff us with a bill, we paid that. Because, again, you know, that's the hard part of being directed. That's the part people don't want to talk about. Like, what is that stiffy with the bill? Uh, since your name was on the contract, you have to pay it. And so I've had that happen numerous of times. And it doesn't matter if I have a lawyer. I can go after people all day long. But they they still feel the need to to try to not pay things and yeah I will send you to collections and then heartbeat now because at the end of the day I'm I, I have a kid that needs to go to college in nine years and <laughs> and so I'm gonna need to stop paying stuff <laughs> when people don't pay us um, yeah. and but I I mean that's full transparency because at the end of the day I don't want anyone to walk away feeling like they didn't get what they promised and so that to me matters and so I've been in that situation. I've been in those shoes where I'm like, so I'm not going to get it. And it's, it's not okay. So if, if it's requiring me to work extra hours or, you know, do what I can to make sure that it's paid, I will do that because I made a promise and right. I don't ever want a girl to feel like she didn't get what she deserved. Right. Well, I love that. And I, I do appreciate your time and, you know, hopping on the podcast and talking to us about your system and anything else. Is there anything else you wanted to add or anything you wanted to mention that I didn't ask you? Um, no, I think we talked about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, and I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity because no one really ever gets this trans this transparency piece of me. Um, because they don't ever ask those questions. I think people are afraid of me. I don't buy you. I'm one of the most chill person. That are you scared? Are, are your contestants scared of you? Um, I think some are until they actually get to know me and then they're like, fine. <laughs> like, so she doesn't bite. That's why I do the one-on-ones. I'm like, I don't bite. Like, and most yeah. of the time I don't do my one-on-ones like this. Some of them have gotten my hair that's been up in a ponytail first thing in the morning. I'm like, yo, I'm tired. Like, okay, let's talk. Um, but it's important that I talk to them so they know I'm not scary. Like, I'm just a normal person that has feelings and, you know, bad days. But so I appreciate you because I don't think anyone's gotten the you no one's asked those questions, even the hard ones about other systems and, and the rumors. I think that those things people are always afraid to address. And I appreciate you for addressing those and talking about them. And, you know, the elephant out of the room, like my elephant is gone now. Like we're good. Right. And so I think mm -hmm. that's important. So I can't thank you enough. You know, I know we we had I hopefully you had a good time tonight. I, I did. I did. Um, I had a good time talking to you and just. I always had a good time tonight. Huh? <laughs> I always say I had a good time tonight. And wind it down. <laughs> I mean, is that your only glass you drank today? Yeah, yeah. It's See, so so you must enjoy the conversation versus girl. Let me go ahead and have another drink. <laughs> it is. I mean, so, I don't want to drink too much because you said you notice when I drink too much prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> well, idea. no, you, you know, it, it takes you a while to get to that point, though. <laughs> You're I good. Know. I try my You're hardest. Good. I try my hardest. And then also, like, I have, like, a, I go with, like, a speech thing, too, like a speech impediment. So I try, like, when I get drunk, sometimes I sound drunker in my words. So I slur-er because of my little speech thing. So it's a constant, I have to constantly, like, think about how I talk 
regular. Mm-hmm. And when I get drunk, it's like times two is worth. So <laughs> that's what I kind of like trying to end my podcast at that point. <laughs> no, no, I know you're good. And I appreciate you. And I want to say thank you for everyone that tuned in. I hope you got to learn more about who I am, um, who am I as a person, um, my transparency, certain things you're like, dang, I didn't know that. You know, I, I enjoyed sharing those things with you. I, I don't have anything to hide. So I'm just a pretty much like an open book. I think we kind of got a few of them. Oh, one person never good question. But I do want to ask you, I saw the colors on your thing and you mentioned elephants. So I want to know, are you what what uh, Greek organization are you a part of? Are you Greek? I'm not. Okay. Okay. Everyone thinks that I'm Greek. I'm not Greek. Um, I'm not. Sorry guys. Your color is kind of like, oh, maybe she's trying to, you know. No, no. So yeah, it's funny though, because um when we first started MBIA, and you people used to think that we, we were a whole a whole team of AKAs. The only person that was an AKA on the team was Lauren. Um, but our, our colors were pink. I just like pink and gold. I always thought they were gorgeous colors. And so we went with pink, gold, and black. Um, I thought they were just really elegant. Um, yeah, but I'm not great. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I do want to just go ahead and just say thank you for joining us, and I do appreciate it. And you are more than welcome to come back anytime on the podcast to talk about it, especially as you get closer to your um, International Week in June. Uh, yeah, we love to have you guys. Media, we get you a media badge, and you can cover and do <laughs> get you a media badge. <laughs> go on to the Bahamas and, and and soak up some sun with us. We are in the Bahamas in June, you guys. <laughs> Sarah, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I hope you guys learned a lot about the Miss Black International Ambassador System. Thank you so much for joining us. And I really do appreciate it. As usual, you guys, my glasses are empty. Mine will be empty any minute. Our hair is going to be different any second now. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. And as always, peace. Bye.